This week, do we run or do we fight? We don't have a choice because we watched Missing in Action. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And guys, I'm still very bored by the movie we watched. What are you Ooh. talking about? The action? Missing in action? It was missing action. Well, it did kind of tell us up front though, right? That's true. It warned us with its poor quality right from jump. Yeah. That's right. This week we are discussing the 1984 Canon Film Group... Uh, Classic. Sentient hunk of shit. <laughs> a collection of moving picture images. And body hair. Missing in action. With Chuck Norris. It's our first Chuck Norris movie, guys. And it may be our last. God willing, it will be. <laughs> God willing, it's the last time anybody endures any Chuck Norris. Oof. You guys remember how excited the internet was when Chuck Norris finally joined the Expendables? And then we all saw the Expendables, and we were like, oh shit, Chuck Norris was never good. Yeah, not to mention all those other people in the Expendables are extremely old. Yeah, true. And Chuck Norris is the oldest of them. Yeah. Really? Uh, he's gotta be like 80 now. Yeah, he's very old. He's Chuck extraordinarily is old. old. Oof. Yeah, because, I mean, he was, like, fighting back in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Whereas the other guys were, like, teenagers. Well, he's 40 when he fights Bruce Lee. Yeah. In Way of the Dragon, <laughs> I swear to God. He's old, man. Because, uh, I mean, when we were watching Missing in Action, at one point they're like, James Braddock, 38 years old. And I was like, maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> right, right. Well, I seem to recall, like, when he was, like, uh, campaigning with Mitt Romney, he was in his 70s or something, they noted. So he's got to be in his 80s now. Yeah, and, and he took the path of all conservative action stars of now becoming an incredibly right-wing podcaster. Oh, so he has a Shit, podcast now, he too? He has a podcast? Yeah. What's it about? Oh, just cranky old man yells at youngins for being too soft. Ah, uh, it's one of them AM radio podcasts. He had a radio show for a little bit, and then that stopped, and he's like, well, I heard that there's a thing called the internet. I'm gonna make it happen on that. Nice. So anyways, Missing in Action begins, like all movies do, with Chuck Norris and assorted soldiers being chased through the swamps. Yeah. Chased is a strong word. Well, they're being pursued. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Vietnam War. Yeah, people, uh, they're getting mortared at, and they have to run through the jungle. Yeah, but but we can't afford to play the song run from through the no, jungle. No, Correct. Or Fortunate Son. No. There's a startling lack of... Creedence songs in this movie. Yeah, and that is unsettling. Anytime there's a Vietnam War movie, I need at least two Creedence songs. Oh, yeah. At this, least. This soundtrack consists almost entirely of silence and the Joker theme from Dark Knight where it's just that single note suspended. Well, you're also forgetting all of the uh, the public domain ripoffs of the Jaws theme that yes. keeps popping yeah, up. Yeah, the dum-dum-dum. Sure. Yeah. This movie is... Real bad, guys. Yeah, unfortunately, this movie's a big pile of shit. So, yeah, it begins with uh, a bunch of U.S. soldiers during Vietnam uh, being uh, pursued through the jungles uh, by by uh, the Vietnamese army. Uh, they're getting shelled at, shot at. Uh, people keep falling down. Chuck Norris keeps grabbing them by the napes of their neck like they're kittens and yep. dragging Tossing them around. Them around yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the bad guys die if a bullet so much as grazes their general vicinity, but anybody who is an American soldier can get shot at least five times before they're actually down for the count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, this goes on for about five uninterrupted minutes. Oh, it's longer than that. Uh, it, it leads to like a, like a big helicopter. Yeah, they're going to like a landing zone to yeah. get evacuated. Like one of the helicopters gets blown up, yeah. uh, they're taken off, uh, Braddock, uh, uh, J- Braddock is the name of the, of the Chuck, Chuck Norris, Norris character. character. Yeah. The weird part about this scene, like this whole movie, is like technically it's a big firefight and people are dying and there's gunshots and explosions, but it's casual as fuck. Like you're never, there's never a sense of like edge of your seat suspense 
There's no urgency yeah. to any Anything. of the movie. Yeah. Everybody's just lumbering around in a field. It doesn't help that everybody is carrying their weapons like they're about to be stowed into an overhead big container. Also yeah. true. Like they're carrying everything like luggage. Yeah. It, like not weapons. Everyone shoots from the hip with a loose grip. Yeah. <laughs> it's real messed up. It's, it's pretty weird. Then we cut to 17 years later to present day and Braddock is in his sleazy motel room yeah. on the Sunset Strip. Well, we skipped what is probably the the keystone of this entire movie, which is uh, Braddock sees two of his fellow soldiers bayoneted down, so he unpins two hand grenades and jumps at the attackers, <laughs> yeah. where there's then an explosion off screen, so I'm pretty sure he's dead. And the rest of this movie is purgatory for him. So you think this is a Jacob's Ladder scenario? Ooh. Correct. Oh, gotcha. Right, okay. Right. Except nobody does that cool spinny head move. Right. Yeah. Ooh. There's there's also not the scene where he goes to like a party with his girlfriend, and then like weird tentacle monsters start dancing yeah. and having sex and stuff. He's never thrown into a bathtub full of ice. Yeah. He's never uh, ejected from a haunted subway train. Guys, Jacob Ladder fucking rules. <laughs> it's really great. <laughs> that is my third favorite Tim Robbins movie, right behind Shawshank and Hudson. Or proxy. Mm. Those are good choices. Yeah. Right? Hunt Tim Robbins has been in some stone cold classics, yeah, my friend. Right? But he was also there for that awful monologue in uh, The New War of the Worlds. Um, oh yeah. boy. Yeah, the but the bit in Tim Robbins' house but when it, a terrible movie screeches to a halt. But that but what's great about that scene is Tim Robbins is the only one who thinks they're making like a wacky survivalist comedy. True, yeah. true. Tim Robbins is in a different movie. He's, yeah. He is playing the, uh, the what is it, Randy Quaid that's in Independence Day? Yes. But he's playing that character transposed into War of the Worlds. Yeah, that's The right. very serious 9-11 allegory. And he's like, I've seen aliens. <laughs> oh, so good. Whoa, what a massive movie. I've been prepping for years. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Braddock wakes up, he's in his sleazy Sunset Strip uh, motel room. He immediately checks to make sure that he still has all his teeth. <laughs> right, gotta he check does. teeth. Like you do every day when you wake up. Then he gets up, he's got a hangover, you know what that needs? Another beer. Another Coors beer. Fuck yeah, well. He watches two different news broadcasts about the exact same story of like, there are still soldiers who are technically MIA in the, in, in Vietnam and yeah. the Vietnamese government is not helping us try to retrieve these wayward soldiers. But that's just too dark to watch, so he flips the channel and then he gets to watch some fucking Spider-Man. Yeah. This is the height of the movie, because we as the audience get to sit back and watch some 1960s Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, I think it's the 1980s Spider-Man cartoon where he's friends with Iceman and the, uh, the, the Fire Lady. Okay. Yeah, Spider-Man and his friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, was that 80s? I thought that was like late 70s. I think that, um, maybe late 70s, very early 80s. Because that was like uh, Hanna-Barbera, wasn't it? Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, but they were still doing stuff early 80s. Yeah, though. and I mean, I watched it growing up yeah. in the yeah. 80s. So. Well, I watched it in syndication. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thankfully, when I was of age to enjoy a Spider-Man cartoon, we had the rockin' Spider-Man 90s cartoon. Yeah. Oh yeah, the one where True. like Spider-Man is built like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Correct. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. But it's still a teenager. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> oh man, that was a good one. I did, uh, I, the best thing that ever happened to Hanna-Barbera was that it got bought by TNT, which eventually sold it all to Cartoon Network, owns Cartoon Network, right. and then all of that got cycled through car, uh, Adult Swim. That yeah. was the best. Harvey Birdman is one of the best things anybody's ever done. Yeah. Absolutely. Space goes coast Space to coast. Space goes coast, 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 coast to coast. Z-Lab. Fuck yeah. The Brack Show. So good. Good stuff. Mm. I really liked the uh, the kind of mid to late 90s like weird revival of like, let's do some new Yogi Bear. See what he's up to. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Still eating pies. <laughs> Turns out no one wanted it. Uh. For me, it's all about the wacky races. Ooh. <laughs> you can't say that. It's 2019. Yeah, no kidding, man. All races are wacky. <laughs> I'll make sure I bleep it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Braddock watches a, a lot of Spider-Man. Like, we get to yeah. see, like, well, I mean, if you're flipping through minutes. the channels and fucking Spider-Man and his friends are on, are you going to change it? Are you going to look away? Probably not. You're right. right. Here's the thing that super bothers me about it. First off, it's rad that we get to watch some cartoons. Woo! Uh, but it, we see uh, a, a dark portent of things to come in the in the mirage that is this Spider-Man cartoon, uh, the Shocker, 
uh, detonates the wall of a prison to make an escape so that he can climb into a helicopter and take off. Uh, Spider-Man uses his spider goo, his, his webbing, web. <laughs> to, to take down the helicopter. Now, just real quick, what does Spider-Man's webbing sound like? Thwip. Thwip. Correct. In this cartoon, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it is a straight-up laser beam sound. <laughs> Uh, that is the only flaw in this otherwise perfect and unassailable movie. True facts. Uh, after he watches a little bit of Spider-Man, he... He turns back to the news. He zonks... Uh, yeah, he turns back to the news and then flashbacks again to Nam, where now he's being, like, led as part of, like, a, a yeah, POW like a chain, chain gang. gang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then yeah, the he's chain a real gang, cool hand, Luke. And the chain gang starts getting shelled yeah. and shot at by American soldiers. Yeah. And this is where the first line of actual dialogue is spoken in the movie. A Vietnamese soldier goes, hey! And he pulls up a, 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 a bullhorn and goes, one of yours for one of mine! And then there's a pause, and then more bullets start flying, and then they just run away. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the present. Where he kicks over a TV out of frustration. That's why we don't watch CNN. Yep, he then picks up the phone and says to somebody, it's me, I'll do it. Yeah. And then, uh, he doesn't, to- it's the ultimate, like, 80s action hero thing of picking up a phone that automatically, like, dials somebody. Yeah, it's a hotline phone. Yeah. Connects to them, they've already said hello, and then he just picks up and goes, it's Braddock, I'll do it. Now, Mark, you gotta understand, Click. in the 1980s, that's why phones were so cheap, is because every phone connected to exactly one phone number. Ooh, nice. Every phone was a hotline phone, so you had your hotline phone to your old CO that needs you back for one more mission. True facts. Your wife, so that before the beginning of Act 3, you can say, I love you, honey, don't wait up. Mm, true. Uh, and then, like, whatever terrorist organization has kidnapped your family member... Ooh, you want to be able to talk right to them. Exactly. So you're telling me that most people had three individual phones. Well, actually four, because, I mean, depending on who you were, one either went to Domino's or Pizza Hut, but they usually don't show that in the movies. Sure, that's a good point. Yeah, like how they don't show people going to the bathroom, but you know they exist. Right, right. Domino's and Pizza Hut, their absence is not even remarked upon. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're so part of the fabric of our cinematic universes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Braddock is now uh, going on a mission somewhere. A diplomatic mission to Vietnam. Yeah. With so, a senator and some lady. Yep. No, no, no. If this is a consulary ship, where is the ambassador? Is the lady the ambassador? I don't know. I don't know None what the of lady this was is clear. I don't remember them giving the, the senator or the lady names. No, I don't think so no. either. He's just senator guy. Yeah. And she's lady, lady. person. Yeah. So Senator Guy and Lady Person take Braddock to Vietnam, uh, where they are going to like a big like news press conference. Yeah. But it seems to also be a war tribunal. Yeah, well I think they get sprung on them. Is, yeah. is the Vietnamese instead of like talking about how they may or may not have POWs, they accuse Braddock of war crimes in front of everybody. Yeah, and it's the the person who's in charge of the Vietnamese uh, army uh, right now. Army yeah, there is James Hong. Yeah, beloved yeah. character actor, James Hong. Uh, You've you, seen him in everything. Caught so right many party of four? Yeah. <laughs> uh such a good actor. He's been around for literally 60, 70 years. Yeah, I recognize he's definitely been, uh, yeah, he was the maitre d' in the Chinese restaurant episode of Seinfeld. He was definitely the Chinese ambassador in the West Wing for a while. Oh, sure. Any TV or movie that had to have just a pan-Asian diplomat character, well, you've got James Hong's phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Or like an elderly, like, kung fu master. I think he's also also in Arrival. Yeah, maybe isn't maybe, he part yeah. of the Chinese government in that Possibly. movie? Possibly, and I think he's also isn't he in Big Trouble in Little China? Oh yeah, yeah, he's Hell all yeah, over yeah. the place. Well, I mean, like uh, he's an actor in the '80s who is Asian and speaks perfect English. Yeah, so like that's right. <laughs> he was the Asian right. guy we were allowed to have. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, James Hong is like you're. There's a bounty for five thousand dollars on your head, Braddock. For war crimes. And then Braddock turns and goes, 20,000. Yeah. And then walks away. They just yeah. told you there's a bounty on your head. Well, there was just, during and, the yeah. war. And now he just gets to walk away. And then we cut to the war tribunal slash press conference 
after Mixer? Yeah, post. Correct. Yeah. Post-tribunal yeah. Mixer. See, this is the thing. Uh, all politics are retail politics, so, you know, the real work gets done at the after parties. Right, everything gets done over over three fingers of Glenlivet. Right, right. Plus Why do you think Mikhail Gorbachev was so drunk all the time? He was wheeling and dealing, trying to modernize Russia. True. And there was Cuddy Sark all over the place. <laughs> what was he supposed to do? It really was entrapment. Yeah. yeah. Glasnost and Perestroika are Russian for rum and coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Don't fact check us. Can yeah, you don't. can you pour a striker more drinks into this tumbler glassness? That that that's yeah. what you say. That's exactly how you say it. That's how Gorbachev said it. That's how Yeltsin said it. Go oh, Yeltsin, beat red with our dumbest, <laughs> most sexually assaulty president. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Not since JFK were there more sex crimes and drunk parties in the White House. <laughs> oh. So, uh, Braddock, uh, like, excuses himself from the party at some point. I don't know. He ends up making his way up to his hotel room. He grabs a bottle of red wine and a couple of champagne flutes. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah like you do. And he yeah. goes to ladies' room. Yeah, he goes to lady person's room. And he's got, like, two guys, like, stationed at his room to make sure that he doesn't cause no more war crime trouble. Yeah. Noted war criminal Chuck Norris. Yeah. So Braddock knocks on her door, and she's like, oh, I see you brought wine. He's like... Yes. Closes the door, puts the wine and the bottle down, immediately begins taking off his shirt. Yeah, and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he says, I'm kind of shy. Turn so around. Turns yeah. around. That's when he's taking off his pants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. He has no problem showing her his chest full of, like, individually implanted hairs. Yeah. It looks like he's wearing a body stocking. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he's wearing a full body wig. Yeah. Correct, and it just the spray tan is just clumped into that chest hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and also his face is like three shades lighter than everything neck below his neck. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's like his body is just those cutouts at the beach where you stick your head through and you're like, ha ha ha, I'm the dog that's biting the bathing suit now. Yeah, it looks like he's doing body brown face. He's yeah. doing brown body <laughs> is what he's doing. <laughs> He's got tan. Yeah, he's got like a Jolson chest. Oh. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, feel bad for Chuck Norris. Feel bad for Chuck Norris. I just saw in my head Al Jolson. That's why I feel bad. (laughs) Good. You should feel bad. He's terrible. And Chuck Norris is part of that legacy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Along with everyone else, apparently. This whole movie is, hey, what if Chuck Norris killed a bunch of Asian people? Yeah, it is. Well, and we... also, hey, what if what if what if all Asian people were just all Asian people? What if like Filipinos were Vietnamese and Chinese were Vietnamese and Japanese? Were Vietnamese. Yeah. Possibly some Mexicans and Italians were Vietnamese. Definitely some Mexicans and Italians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely some Mexicans and Italians. That was yeah. part of the stunt man. I think there's a Greek guy in there that was Vietnamese. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you could tell because he was pouring like Sambuca on some cheese and yeah, right? Oh, God. <laughs> or Uzo people. or whatever. Uh, they're yeah, the same everywhere they go. Yeah. <laughs> <Uzo>. Opa! <laughs> uh, now so, that we're culturally relevant again. Right. Chuck Norris puts on his tactical gear, yeah. which is a sweater. Damn right. It's black, though. And he's got black pants and he's got black driving gloves. That's right. And, and a small black knife. Yeah, a tiny black knife. So he climbs out the window, uh, and what follows is like 10 minutes of Chuck Norris slowly climbing the outside of a building. Oh, man. That guy takes his time on the side of a building as if I was doing it. I was going to say, it's the kind of stunt where, like, it... I'm sure if I were in that position, it'd be very scary, but it sure ain't interesting to look at. No. No, no, no. No, No, if I'm doing it, you're only watching to see me fall. I know (laughs) Chuck Norris isn't going to fall. That's not how movies work, so (laughs) let's just get this moving. Uh, so he takes his way going all the way oh, around geez, he's the got building. Got a drain pipe to go down. Uh, but then there's like a couple of like uh, like Vietnamese guards. like guards like wandering around. They're gonna, he's gonna get caught. 
So lady person drops her I guess bottle. she gets wise to the plan real quick. Yeah, yeah, she figures out what's going on and she drops her champagne flute down on the on the sidewalk and they go back around to look at why somebody dropped their champagne. Yeah, and she flute. gives the old Metal Gear special. Yeah, and then off of the drain pipe Chuck Norris goes and into the night. Yeah, and by into yeah, the night because the night is it. for lovers. Oh, I thought you were Belongs saying... to lovers. There we go. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't to... remember the next word, and I was uh, just stuck in that gear shift. I thought you were doing like... lovers. I See, I thought you were going, I'll take you into the <laughs> night and show you love like you never seen. Nah. Ever seen. Nah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that song is uh, Into the Night by Benny the Voice Mardones. <laughs> nice. Uh, the opening lyrics to that song are She's just 16 Ooh. years old. Oh, Leave God. her alone. They say. <laughs> and then he just continues talking about it. He's like, it begins with them saying, like, dude, she's 16. Leave her alone. And the rest of the song is like, Nope, I'm gonna oh. fuck this teenager. Well, there was that Beatles song where she's just 17. Yeah. You know what I mean. You know what I mean? No, Paul, I don't know what you mean. Oh, I think I know what Paul meant. <laughs> it's just another reason I don't listen to that band. And then there's that fun Will Smith song where it turns out she's only 14. <gasps> oh, yeah, that's yep. right. And yep. then we wonder why there's such a culture of uh, sexual predators in show business. Oh, and They've been screaming to get caught since at least the 70s. There's a lot of Are you like kidding me in Lake Flynn is about Earl Flynn nailing like a 13-year-old, the 70s John. <laughs> Celebrities have been nailing children for this entire century. At Ooh, least. Jerry Lewis did marry that 15-year-old. Who was, who was also, also his cousin? cousin. <laughs> yeah. In the movie, she's taking her dollhouse to their marriage home. <laughs> Jesus. I think the most heartbreaking piece of video I've ever seen was there was like a, an A&E biography about Jerry Lewis, and they had Ooh. spoken to... Jerry Lee Lewis? Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis. Lewis. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah, the fucking great balls of fire. Yeah, yeah, piano guy, not a friend of Sinatra. Correct. Yeah, not made that genocide clown movie that we haven't gotten to see yet. Oh, also yeah. correct. Uh, Though that guy beat the crap out of muscular dystrophy. Oh, he sure did. Take yeah. that. Yeah. Jerry. He yeah. had all them kids. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the the wife of Jerry Lee Lewis uh, was talking in an interview in like what was at that time contemporary day, and she's like, "The only regret I have is coming off that plane when the reporter said, "Are you like his girlfriend?" And I said, "No, I'm his wife. I should have just said I was his daughter." <laughs> oh, Jesus! Oh man! Oh my God! <laughs> oh boy! I mean, every hair metal song is about an underage woman. Yeah. They don't have to say it explicitly. You just know it's you just, true. Except for Hot for Teacher. Sure, because that's like an other thing where it's an underage kid who's hot for his older teacher. Right, right. Still a crime. Still a crime. <laughs> Roll sure. reversed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like definitely like Van Halen's Beautiful Girls, definitely oh, about 16-year-olds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poison, uh, Talk Dirty to Me, probably like a 14-year-old. Like it's definitely all about young kids. Yeah. It's that gross sounding. Yeah. yeah. The production technique <laughs> included running the tape through grease. <laughs> yeah. And they just spritz it with some aqua velvet, with a... The Aquanet on its way out. <laughs> so gross. Because they're winding it into the tape. Oof. Ugh. So anyways, Braddock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man, I'd never think I'd be so happy to get back to the movie. So Braddock. Uh, oh, don't be so happy. Uh, Chuck Norris definitely stood behind Roy Moore. Oh. So, so Braddock uh, uh, drives or makes his way across town where he... Uh, he suffocates a couple of guards. Yeah. Uh, one on one, and then just slowly drags their bodies away and breaks into Which is going to be casual as shit, too. And that's going to be like a running motif throughout the movie. Casually right. choking people out. Yeah. Also, one thing I noticed about this film uh, is that the music for it never reaches like a fever pitch. It's all yeah. one volume. Yeah. So even when the music changes in intensity, the volume lowers yes. so as to not leave, like the waveform has to be just one long block. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you also get long stretches of no sound. Yes, yeah. right. Uh, and so they he breaks into this house 
which turns out to be James Hong's house. Uh, and he goes up there and like sticks a knife under his chin. Covers he's sleeping. Covers James Hong's eyes, yes. but not his mouth. Yeah. Right. Which is like, an interesting choice. And then he <laughs> says, he's like, what's going on? And then he takes his hand off of his eyes and he's like, Braddock, it's you. And he's like, tell me where the POWs are. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. So he slams his hand back on his eyes. <laughs> like, as like, if, like, as if when he does it, James <laughs> Hong is going, I'm blind. I can't see. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Oh, oh, you, oh, oh, you just had your hand on my eyes. Oh. I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't see. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's got weird object impermanence. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where he's like, oh no, I've ceased to exist. <laughs> Just like an old baby. Yeah. yeah. Are, aren't we all old babies yeah, when you really true. think about nah, it? I'm an old acorn. That can't be true. What? <laughs> yeah, it came from nuts. That just makes <laughs> you... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, Braddock, uh, Braddock tor- torches this guy for information. <laughs> yeah. And then just as he's about to leave... Uh, a couple like guards come well, in. James Hong pulls a gun from That's under right. his pillow and he's like, fuck you, Braddock, and he shoots, but he hits a vase instead, so Braddock puts a knife in his chest. Right, and then the guards show up. Yeah. And then Braddock, uh, he throttles them real quick with a couple of. Little karate moves. Unimpressive throttling. And he's making his hasty retreat from this uh, secure compound. His hasty retreat, which is getting like one person at a time. Yeah. yeah, which again involves more slowly climbing around the walls. Yep. What frustrated me so much is it it should have been like that Mr. Show sketch where the the uh, the old cop is telling stories about being a security guard, and he's just like. I bravely turned myself into a human alarm oh, by right. screaming. <laughs> Nobody raises any kind of an alarm when no, they yeah, see no this clear intruder. They're just like, oh, hey. Well, especially because every building in town is bone white and he's wearing all black. Yeah. Correct. And you can just see him moving across it. Everything, yeah. Uh, so he escapes. He goes back to the hotel. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, he's been sort of like uh, he's been 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 made by the other Vietnamese soldiers. They're like racing back to beat him to the hotel. So he gets in the door, gets naked, throws rips, himself hears, into the bed. Here's the soldiers coming, rips the shirt off lady person, exposing her breasts. Yep. Throws her onto the bed across the room, dives in with her, and then just buries his nose into her neck. Unmoving, yep. while the Vietnamese soldiers axe down her door. Yeah, they axe down her door and walk in, and they're still like in bed, like what, man? And they're like, you just beat the fucking door down with an axe. You had like a minute and a half to stand up and be like, hey, does somebody need to get in? And then the Vietnamese soldiers like, oh, so you've been here the whole time, huh? How convenient. Yeah. Chuck Norris is like, yeah, she Soup. shook me all night long. <laughs> that song's not written yet. <laughs> that's true. No, it is the it unwritable. Is. Oh, yeah, by 84? Yeah. Okay. So I want to say that's 80. Ooh, ACDC's older than I remember. Dude, AC, Correct. DC's ACDC's like, been through like three front men. Just, well, now, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they did write the same song for like 20 years. But it somehow always works. I know, it's so great. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> ah, back in black, great song. Uh, again, though, almost all of their songs, in the, especially like in, the, uh, in both periods. No, in both periods, definitely about underage women. Oh, yeah. And even weirder that what's-his-name wears a Catholic schoolgirl skirt the whole time. Shorts. shorts. Oh, is it shorts? Yeah, they're Catholic boys' shorts. Okay. He's, yeah. uh, I sometimes got that little beanie that has the propeller on the yeah, top. Yeah, wears a little hat. Yeah. A little schoolboy hat. Angus Young, man. Angus. Yeah, and his brother Malcolm Young. That was the backbone of the band. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Braddock, uh, yeah, well, they tell him, hey, buddy, you got to get the fuck out of here. So he's like, I'm going to Bangkok. And they're yep. like, I wish you hadn't told us because now we have to follow you. Yeah. <laughs> To Bangkok. <laughs> so he goes to Bangkok. Oriental City, but the city don't know what the city has got. The creme de la creme of the chess world and a show with everything but Yule Brenner. One night in Bangkok and the world's <laughs> I just wanted to remind everybody that that is from Chess, the musical. <laughs> Written by the two men from ABBA, the Correct. band. Ooh, boy. <laughs> it is. It, 
it was conjured into existence uh, by the patron god of cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like if the world consumed enough cocaine, it would just appear. Oh, I love that, that cocaine was the god of like 1978 <laughs> to 1991. It was his time then. The wheel turned over to coke god. Yeah, it's like a Planescape Torment where the more people believe in a thing, the more real it becomes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and everybody believed in cocaine, man. Yeah, well, everyone saw Scarface. Right. And they were like, whoa, what's this cocaine we're talking about here? It seems to have no downside whatsoever. <laughs> Ooh, buddy. Robert Evans seems to be doing pretty great. And you can keep a little bit in a signet ring or just behind your watch, like all the most fashionable places. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, boy, snuff boxes. Mm. When are they going to make a comeback? Put your vape pens down, you idiot millennials. Get back (laughs) into snuff. Get some (laughs) dip. Just a big wad of dip. Nah, but it's dip for your nose. Uh, Uh, So... So Braddock goes to, to to Thailand to Bangkok. He gets into a he just walks into a cab and drives yeah, away. If you're quite curious why Bangkok, it's because that sort of gives the movie producers an excuse to just load us up with naked women and prostitutes. Yes, uh, he's there looking for his uh, old uh, friend from the Nam, uh, Jake Tucker, who's now running like a weird black market pontoon boat and hooker scheme? Yeah, he's yeah, a he's uh, smuggling. What do you call it? smuggler. Yeah, yeah. He, he specifically says that he's smuggling uh, cigarettes and booze. booze. Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, Braddock kind of wanders around uh, Bangkok at well, night. He goes into like one club and goes to one bartender and was just like, do you speak English? And he's like, well, for the right price I can. And he's like, do you know Tuck? Yeah. He's like, I, wh- why do you, I, I mean, I do, but it's weird that you would assume. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, he's that that came with Robin Hood. Everybody knows Tuck. True. No. Robin Hood and Friar Tuck going through the forest. Also, this is a really like common thing in 80s action movies. Why couldn't the communists make a quality cigarette? <laughs> like, why do they always need our cigarettes? It's Here's like blue why. jeans and cigarettes and they just can't do it. Here's why, buddy. The yeah. communist government had two choices when it came to their vast empty fields. Wheat or tobacco. And they went for wheat. But uh, they couldn't feed everybody. Yeah. That's because Ingmar Bergman kept wanting to film movies in them. Ooh, good work, Ingmar Bergman. <laughs> Starving them commies. <laughs> You're forgetting the potatoes. They also planted a lot of potatoes ah, to make their vodka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or wodka, as they say it. Weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm angry that different places have other native tongues. True facts, especially when they got a czar that has no pronounceable T. Correct. Yeah. That word drives me crazy. How do you get czar from Caesar anyway? Come on. To czar. That's not how it works. Yeah, they should have just called the guy the taser. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how badass that would be? It's like, yeah, it's me. Taser Nicholas of the uh, Russian whatever. Yeah. Man, the Eastern Bloc would be solid to this day. Right? With this tasers. is my friend, Laser Rasputin. No. <laughs> so, if, if anything holds true of all the Eastern Europeans I've ever met, they really were going to need to find out how to make good c- cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, so, Braddock uh, uh, goes to, he, he passes by some kids listening to some hip Hop music, yeah, in 1984. Uh, yeah, it's very clearly some like uh, the like uh, like a demo from a Casio keyboard. Correct. But he finally makes his way to the club that his buddy Tuck is in, and it is a strip club slash live band karaoke bar where there's a woman <laughs> singing uh, "Do You Think, Think I'm, I'm Sexy" by yeah. Rod Stewart. And the only accompaniment is uh, one acoustic guitar and one synth. And one key on (laughs) one synth. There's a full drum set there that nobody is playing. Yeah. And she, it's like clearly the only song they could afford is is Do You Think I'm Sexy, but only eight seconds of it. Right. And they probably paid Rod Stewart in cocaine. Oh, for sure. Fuck yeah. Now, it's at this part of the movie that I just, I desperately wanted it to turn into like four rooms where we just hang out in this hotel and get to know everyone. <laughs> nah, you don't no. get that though. 
Tuck gets thrown off a balcony, and then they negotiate him using his boat to take uh, Chuck Norris to Vietnam in the midst of a fistfight. Chuck Norris also seems to have bottomless pockets to fund this illegal expedition yeah. into Vietnam. Yeah, well, he's he like he's like the Frank Reynolds of this movie. Yeah. Like no one knows how he continues to have money, but it's always there when he needs it. Yep, in large thousand dollars like denomination. In 1984, too. So right. that's like a shitload of money. Yeah, because he gives he gives Tuck a thousand dollars for his boat, right? And then he gives that other guy seven thousand dollars for the ten thousand dollars, ten thousand for the pontoon. He boat. tries to talk him down to seven thousand by pointing a fucking gun at him. Yeah, he goes to buy so he goes to buy this pontoon boat, which isn't really a pontoon boat. It is two pontoons with a net connecting them yes. and an engine on it. But well, what's cl- on them pontoons? Shark mouths. Hell yeah. yeah. So he climbs up on top of it, you know, to get a better look at the, you know, giant mounted machine gun on it. And the guy who's selling him is just like, uh, he's like, yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, $20,000. And he, what did yeah. you call him? The uh, low rent Tony Shalhoub. The $5 Tony Shalhoub. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And he, he does have like a weird Brooklyn accent. Yeah. yeah. And he's got like the weird curly hair on top with the bald spot in the front. Yep. <laughs> So $5 Tony Shalhoub is like, no, nah, it's going to be $20,000. It's a one-of-a-kind item. See, it's bulletproof. And then he fires a machine gun at the pontoon. You hear bullets ricocheting. Nobody responds to the nah. ricocheting bullets. Chuck Norris climbs on top of it, uh, and he's like, I'll give you 7000 And he's like, what are you talking about? This is, you know, the thing. And Chuck Norris points a gun at him. On and the just bus. stares at him for Five fucking minutes while the guy negotiates himself down. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, eighteen thousand. Oh, 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 twelve thousand. Oh, okay, ten thousand. Yeah. This is why you never load the gun that you're about to sell somebody, yeah. or let the, that person climb on top of the goods you're selling. Yeah. To spin the gun around and aim it at your face. Yeah, that's not how you do it. But yeah, so he's now got uh, a a boat to take him to the Delta in Vietnam, where the POW camp is, a pontoon to then disembark from that boat to continue upriver to the POW camp. All he needs now is a chopper for backup. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and he gets that from... Uh, from Dunstore s- Belloc. Yeah. yeah. Some rando in a strip club's like, yeah, I get your chopper. How you want it painted? There are so many boobs in this one small oh, section man. of the movie. Tons of boobs. Like, it's just, there's just naked boobs and butts all over the place. Yeah. It was crazy, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. How many boobs and butts were in this movie. Classic. Because it's a Chuck Norris movie, and I thought, oh, his conservative Christian values won't allow him to be in a movie surrounded by so many boobs and or butts. But I was wrong. I Correct. have no idea when he became that Christian, to be honest with you. Was, was he there the whole time, or did he have a late-breaking Walker, Texas Ranger Christian? I feel like it was before Walker. Right. I feel like Walker was the culmination of his power, and he's like, finally I get to do what I want to do. Right. Yeah, it was Walker. Which is tell Haley Joel Osment he has AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Haley Joel Osment, you little douche. Jesus, the, it will be known as a high-water mark of late-night television when Conan O'Brien got the Walker Texas Ranger lever. The Walker Texas Ranger lever is <laughs> the only acceptable way to ingest... Chuck Norris. (laughs) I remember distinctly the night that he had to retire the lever because the rights, the syndication rights were being bought by a different company. So he's like, I still got like 30 clips I got to unload. (laughs) So throughout the night, I'm just going to be pulling this lever. (laughs) Good old Conan O'Brien. He's the best. Yeah. I like that his show now has turned into straight up just a podcast on film. Yeah. He gets one guest, they talk for an hour, and then that's the show. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Isn't that cool? Yeah, they do like a bit up front. Yeah. Right now, his personal assistant is trying to binge as much friends as work at possible. Yes. Sona, Sona is trying to watch... She's trying to beat the record of Robert De Niro's assistant yeah, well, that like got 55 fired. 55 hours <laughs> of Friends. Who, who watched 55 episodes of Friends. And Sona's trying to beat that. Nice. And I like that Sona was already watching Friends yep. at work before they decided to do the bit. Yep. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So Braddock uh, got his boat. He gets a helicopter. He gets a pontoon and an extra tube for the pontoon. Hell yeah. Just to hold case. the beer. Yeah, for beers. 
So they drive out. They they they, they boat out. Oh, which we're, not, we're we're like super glossing over this, but this has taken an hour of. Oh movie. yeah, definitely. And there's this totally <laughs> lame car chase that happens here, where oh uh, the taxi chase. No, no, yeah. Well, there's yeah. the taxi chase and there's the big work truck chase before we get into yeah. Boats. The taxi chase is right. that uh, Chuck Norris is getting is going from one strip club to another strip club with. If there was a script editor, they would have looked at this and said, oh, why don't we just combine these two locations? It doesn't make sense. Well, we need this sweet, sweet little scene where the taxi driver tries to draw a gun on him and gets choked out very unceremoniously. Yeah. And then they run into another car and Chuck Norris leaves. And then two people get into the back of the taxi. The taxi that slammed into a car and is smoking. Yeah. And they're like, hey. Driver to the Upper West Side, please. We've got (laughs) theater tickets. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Do you think they were going to see Miss Saigon? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the helicopter. That's where they rented them helicopters yeah. from. Because Saigon, Vietnam. Sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. It's thematically linked, linked. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Sure. No, it just, it just goes to show that there are no accidents in this world. Nope. None. Except that taxi cab slamming right, into another right. car. And then you get the really, really boring uh, work truck chase where we mostly look at the wheels of the work truck as they <laughs> speed up and stop. As they go round and You round. also get good shots of any time Chuck Norris shifts or breaks or speeds up, like good foot foot camera work there. Yeah. And this truck can is clearly made entirely out of heavy steel. Yeah. Like, this was like the it's pre-aluminum. It's a Soviet brutalism yeah. truck. <laughs> yeah, right. So it can really only get up to maybe 30 miles. <laughs> An hour. Yeah. But it doesn't need to because if you look at it wrong, you explode. <laughs> True facts. True facts. So, uh, yeah, so Braddock and Took, who's played by M. Emmett Walsh, by the way. Yeah. Cohen Brothers mainstay, M. Yeah. Emmett Walsh. Uh, yeah, who, I can't wait for him to say, stay out of the Woolsworth. And he's dressed as a. Uh, a he's dressed uh, as Magnum P.I. Well, yeah, the, a Ma- little bit. he's dressed as Magnum P.I. And if Magnum P.I. and the Skipper from Gilead's <laughs> Island had a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's got the hat of the Skipper, the shirt of a Magnum. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they, they boat out back to Vietnam. They, there's this whole weird scene where they like... Part the general the, gets on the boat. Though, yeah, the guy, the tortured uh, Chuck Norris back in Vietnam. That we think it's going to be. Boat we think like, it's going to be like a cool fucking boss fight. Like, nope. oh, he's on the boat. He's going to follow them. Nope. They're going to rescue the POWs, but then he's going to have to go through him one last time. But no, he puts his. He's uh, the general's got a gun, which he puts away so he can pick up an axe. Yeah, and this movie, this this part of the movie illustrates something that happens a lot in the film is Chuck Norris is Daredevil in this movie because he has a clear heightened sense of smell and yeah. hearing because anytime any noise happens within a mile of him he perks up like a dog that just heard a like like the like the poo bag being unrubbled yeah. Yeah. oh it's time for a walk and then anytime that when that person is about to attack, he's already turning to like grab them. Yeah, he's yeah. already on it. Like so he ducks the axe, the axe goes into the like into the like wall, yeah. and then he like yeah. karate chops the axe off the axe head. So the axe head is still in the wall, but the axe yeah. handle so is So the out. general takes the axe head off the wall to threaten Chuck Norris. And as he's going to bludgeon him like, with it. Well, not, he's like pointing the sharp side at him, so I think everyone <laughs> thinks that it's like a lightsaber, that it's just yeah. like instantly yeah. going to cut. Well, like a very sharp knife. And axes uh, are very specifically not sharp. And Jesus, the whole time Chuck Norris just takes his hand and is just generally redirecting the knife or the fucking axe head back at the general, and it takes a good six minutes for this and to happen. Chuck Norris looks like, like casual as fuck. Bored. I have strained more taking a dump. Looks bored. Uh, yeah, it, he's got the same look on his face like when the person ahead of me at Starbucks says. Uh, I just have one quick question. And it's like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, this is going to be a whole thing, and I just want to get a coffee. And that's how Chuck Norris feels when he pounds an axe head into a man's chest. Yeah, then he well, punches he, the yeah, axe head. Yeah, he gets he it like, over his chest and he just hits it, and that kills him. But the the general has the face of a thousand emotions. Yep. Yeah. Where at first he looks disappointed, then he looks happy, then he rolls his eyes like, one of those days. Yeah. And then he comes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen a face like that since that Australian guy got harpooned by that uh, that like pipe by Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, commando, commando, commando yeah. yeah. 
so uh, they they land in Vietnam. There's a little bit of shenanigans with more one guard at a time punching and hiding. Yeah. Uh, then it's just it's so boring, especially because uh, Chuck Norris hides in the tall grass. By which I mean his face is framed on either end. By, by a piece grass. of tall yeah. grass. <laughs> so, like, guards are looking directly at him and just, like, I guess going by laser tag rules of just, like, technically I don't see him because yeah. well, I only got, see the top of his head. He's got three-fourths cover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is so and boring. Also, if you want to attack him, you're at a disadvantage. you got to roll your d20 twice and you take the lesser. Right, exactly. right, yeah. 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 yeah, and all of his stealth kills are Kirk chops or really bored chokeouts. Yeah, it's oh, just yeah. no satisfying kills. And and you know what's crazy for this movie is up until this film, all of the martial arts that martial arts superstar Chuck Norris does in the movie are Kirk chops, Kirk chops. and chokeouts. Yeah, I think he throws like a like a weak kick into a guy's yeah, he stomach. Throws a couple of kicks in one little fight, and then that's it. Yeah. It's all guns yeah. for him, yeah, which is weird because he is and very it's all much hip shooting. It's not even good guns. Yeah, yeah, he does not do. He does not look comfortable handling these weapons, right. and also like. Yeah, since his fight with Bruce Lee, he's been known as the guy what kicks real good. Yeah. Like, yeah. he is to kicks as Jean-Claude Van Damme is to the splits. Right. Ten years after this, he would make a movie called Side Kicks. Yeah. yeah. Where he does a lot of kicking. <laughs> In fact, he kicks Joe Piscopo's ass. Well, and then that's the whole point of Walker, Texas Rangers. You're waiting for, like, in the Hulk TV show, he gets two kicks per episode. Yeah, right. Roundhouse <laughs> kick. <laughs> uh, so, they, uh... He finds out where the POWs are being held, and he goes to this camp. There's a real brief moment where he, like, kills some guys. He throws, like, a grenade, blows up a tower. It's real anticlimactic. Yeah, he wanders through and plants a bunch of C4, and then it all blows up. And yeah. Jesus, it's huge explosions. I don't think those little bricks of C4 quite work that way, but whatever. I mean, I'll take it. It's the most exciting part true, of the movie. True, Yeah. Uh, literally a four-second explosion. Then he, he starts going around to these little, like, cages and opening them up and looking disappointed each time he opens something up. Yeah, we thought that it was... The, the, cages, the cages were empty. empty. Yeah. And, like, this may have been, like, just, like, a decoy camp that he was sent to for, like, a death trap. But no, we find out there are Vietnamese POWs in all of these cages. Right. And that look of disappointment isn't disappointment. It's a look of unbridled racism. Yeah. Because he looks upon every Asian person in the movie as subhuman. Correct. There's a guy who tries to shake his hand and he mean mugs him. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. For, for the crime of being Asian. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily, these guys do know where the Americans got taken to, so they send him on his way. And he abandons them. Yeah, and he's Correct. like, okay, fuck you guys, we're gone. So he gets back on his pontoon with, with M.M. at Walsh. Chuck. And they, they zip up and down the river a little bit more, and then they... Uh, they uh, ambush a convoy. Yeah, they yes. ambush a convoy. Right. Which Why? is, again, hilariously one-sided. Oh, yeah, no, laughably yeah. so. There's nine trucks in the convoy. <laughs> One of the trucks has... Two mounted machine guns on top. And they are launching an assault from a pontoon that cannot leave the water. Yeah. Right. The and trucks are at a huge tactical advantage. Well, the trucks make a real bad decision by just driving into the water for no goddamn reason <laughs> they whatsoever. Could, they spent all their money at the trading outpost buying ammo for the hunting, <laughs> so they couldn't afford to buy a ferry, so they tried to just ford the river. Cock and float. Cock and float. Every time. Cock nah, and float. Ford that river. Nah. That's how Ford you break it. shit. You got nah. cock and float. Get some paddles out there. Mm. You're going to lose so many oxen with your cock and float bullshit. Whatever. I don't need an ox. Yeah, you do. No way, man. We'll just kill some more buffalo. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and we'll raise their spirits and make them drag our carts. <laughs> Fucking necromantic buffalo carts. Do you guys remember the very, very original Oregon Trail where you had to type out the word bang to shoot during the hunting Oof, game? I, I, do. I do. yeah. Oh, man, that man. was rough going. Oh, man. Very I remember tough. the time that I, like, my mind was blown when I was just, like, a, playing, like, one of the updated versions. It was still black and white graphics, but you could, like, use the mouse to move your gun yeah. and shoot. Yes. But, like, holy shit, if you type the arrow keys... 
the dude can move. Yeah. 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 That was a total places. game changer. Oh, yeah. No, I no. mean, I remember playing uh, the first King's Quest game. Oh, God. Because, like, the first King's Quest game is all, like, it, it, you know, it's a graphic adventure and you type yeah. words and your guy moves around. But I think it's King's Quest 3 or 4 where they, like, they invent, where Sierra just invented point and click. And then <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you could just, like, click, oh, I take that! Yeah. <laughs> well, you had to click on your verb and right. then drag that verb onto the thing you wanted right. to do. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That was but it was the Scum Engine that perfected yeah. that. The sc- Lucas Art's Scum Engine perfected the yeah. Sierra point and click. Yeah. Oh, I, I, hands down, the Lucas film, uh, Lucas Arts, rather, way better games than Sierra. You got your Maniac Ooh. Mansions, you got your Day of the Tentacle, you yeah. got Full Throttle. Sam and Max Hit the Road. Oh, yeah. Hell I, yeah. I, I, that said... Uh, Loom. Loom is an incredibly underrated adventure yeah. game. But that said, fucking King's Quest is... The series King's Quest is really good. Yeah. I will say, the cool thing about King's Quest is that your save data can go through all of the games. Yes. Yeah. And, like, that's pretty cool. Uh, what's also cool about... But, like, that- it's also, like, all Sierra games, like, get, like... The point of that game is to see all of the death screens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like it is so brutally unfair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're insanely hard. Also, like you have to find a pixel. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Lots of pixel hunting in you that. You need yep, to yep. find that one pixel. Oh, yeah. That's that thing you need, and you didn't know you needed it, and it's probably four levels ago. And now you can't go back. No. Yeah. You can't go back or forward. Uh, so, uh, anyways, Braddock shoots up a bunch of the Vietnamese guys. Yeah, he blows the combo, the convoy apart until one of their guys shoots him with, like, a grenade launcher or something. And the pontoon flips and they fall out into the water and the, uh, soldiers start celebrating prematurely as Chuck Norris, uh, predator style just emerges (laughs) from the muddy water. Iconic up out of the water with a machine gun. And does a slow motion, like machine gun return fire that takes for goddamn ever and looks really dull. Well, it's it's clear that whatever, like whatever they loaded in the gun to like fire Yeah, they're not like blanks. They're just squibs at the muzzle of the gun. So it's just little puffs of smoke and there's no no recoil. Recoil, right. And he looks bored. He does. There's no, like, like that's the one thing you could always count on with Schwarzenegger or Stallone. Oh, get them jiggly pecs. You get the jiggly pecs and the ah! Yeah, the intense blood rage for killing people. The bullets become an extension of the emotions that they have. Right. Exactly. That's called acting, Chuck Norris. <laughs> but Chuck Norris, whenever he fires a gun, he's just going, laundry detergent, sandwich bags. <laughs> right. Garbage bags. Milk. Yeah. He is the cinematic equivalent of that one Beach Boy song that is just directions to their house. <laughs> <laughs> He's the cinematic equivalent of the everyone's free to wear sunscreen song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he sp- he shoots 50 bullets at three guys and eventually kills them. Yeah. Say, gets in the truck with the PO, gets to the POWs and goes. There's I'm the taking longest fucking. Yeah. There's like a weird standoff with yeah. the POWs, right. where it just keeps cutting to Chuck Norris's face, cutting to the POWs, cutting back to Chuck Norris, cutting to the POWs, and I don't know. The movie seems to think that this is tense as hell, yeah. right? But it's not. And then Chuck Norris says, "I'm. You're going home." They go, "We're going home," and he goes. Yep. That's right, boys. And, <laughs> and then they, they, they get in the pontoon. They get into a jeep. No, no they, they get, get into the jeep. jeep. That's right. Because the pontoon's yeah. all fucked up. And then they drive the jeep to the water. Then they start walking through the water where they start getting shelled again. Yeah. And I thought for sure they were going to do a, like a third flashback. Yeah. Finally. Right? But then they didn't. Nope. Uh, no. Again, it's uh, it's like the Star Wars saga. It's poetry. It rhymes. Ah, shut up, John. <laughs> <laughs> so they get... They they walk to their other dinghy that they hid earlier, the beer dinghy. Yeah, they row that away over to the trying to row it over to the boat. Uh, but then they start firing on the boat. Yeah, and so, the Vietnamese Navy. And then Walsh, and then Walsh goes, uh, "I'll, I'll see, see you in hell." hell. Dives off the dinghy, backstrokes to his boat. Yeah. What's great is he dives off the dinghy, he like back flops off yeah. the dinghy yeah. and out of frame, and it looks like he's just like, 
I'm done. (laughs) I quit this movie. So he gets on the boat and he starts firing the machine gun at the fucking Coast Guard boat. Which has been proven to be entirely ineffectual to the armored boat. Yes. Right. No, the other, his like helper guy shoots like a million rounds at the Coast Guard boat to no avail. None of them even hit. Yeah. Uh, then the fucking chopper finally shows up that they hired. Yeah, the long range chopper. Yeah, yeah. So Dime Store Belloc saves the POWs and uh, the boat explodes finally at this. Yeah, point. Yeah, the boat explodes. But then the helicopter's like, with "Fuck a, you!" and shoots up the uh, Coast Guard with boat. a tracer missile that it had the whole fucking time. It Two is, tracer missiles. It's so weird because I guess it's supposed to be a missile, but it looks like they shot a flare. Flare, yeah, correct. It yeah. looks a lot like a flare. So it even blow- arcs like a flare. It's so weird. Yeah, it probably was a flare. Likely story. And then like fake explosions yeah, on the boat. Right, right, right. So they they finally escape, and then the, the they, pilot no, nobody, says like, "Where do we go now?" And he's like, "Chuck says Saigon." At at no point does anybody grieve for Tuck, who literally just blew up. Yeah, he's toast. They fly to Saigon. And he didn't even want to go on this mission. He's not even supposed to be here today. Right, Right. so they fly to Ho Chi Minh City, uh, formerly Saigon. Yeah. Because that's how it's it's tagged at the beginning of the movie. It says Ho Chi Minh City, Formerly Saigon. Right, right. So they, they fly there in a race against time. Yeah. Because the Vietnamese army and Senator Guy and Lady Person are about to announce to the world that there are no POWs left in Vietnam. Yeah. And it's a race. They like fight through some, uh, uh, security, some guards. security guards, get in there, and just as the guy goes, there's no POWs in Vietnam, the door bursts open. Chuck Norris brings one guy in and goes, huh. Freeze frame? <laughs> movie, movie just stops. Done. And we are out, people. And what that a film. is that is the end yeah. of missing in uh, missing in action. We're gonna be right back with bullet points. Pew pew. Bullet points! And our very first bullet point is body count. Ooh. Body counts. John, what do you think the body count of missing in action is? I'm going to tell you right now, it's higher than you think. Right. All right. Uh, 73. All right. Okay. All right. Patrick, what do you think the body count of missing in action is? Yeah, I was going to go like 45. But are you? Uh, No, that's Ah! not my final answer. (laughs) I'm going to slap a cool 74 on that sucker. All right. And 74 and? 73. 73. All right. Playing by prices right rules. Come on, buddy. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. Patrick, you are the winner. Whoa. John, sorry, you got the whammy. Whoa. Oh, how many kills were there? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He's got a little bomb with a little plunger on it. Oh. Oh, no. God, when is that? How is that not like 30 video games right now? How is that not on my phone as we speak? Right? Like, that'd be oh, such a perfect mobile press game. Press your luck was the shit. If I recall correctly, it's because the lights went in a pattern and some guy figured it out and took, like, took them for a huge ride. Yeah, a yeah. postal worker figured out the pattern, figured out when to press the whammy button to land yeah. on the, not like the, on the biggest prizes, jackpot, yeah. but right. like, he kept getting, like, he had the never-ending yeah. turn. Well, he and never he was winning, like, the prizes, too. Like, yeah. the trips and shit. He was cleaning up. Yeah, yeah, Then they tried to sue him for cheating. But and then he was like, but I didn't cheat. I yeah. recognized your pattern. And they went, all right. We ought to take this show off the air before Merv Griffin runs out of money. <laughs> yep. So anyways, the body count was 100. That can't be right. In even shit. 100. So 31 people die in, like, the opening, like, uh, Vietnam salvo. Right. No way! There's yeah, not even no. 30 people in that sequence. And then, yeah. like, 50-something people die uh, in... 59 people die in the last, like, Delta attack. And then just a few people here and there. Oh, bullshit. I'm just telling you the, the results right. I found. All right. So that's going to take us to our next bullet point. Best kill. Oh, jeez. Kill! Patrick, what do you think the best kill of Missing in Action was? 
one of the many boring chokeouts. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I'm gonna go with uh, when Chuck Norris runs behind two guys and does like the Three Stooges, smack them in the back of the head yeah. into like a mud puddle, and then he like knifes one of them and tuck shoots the other one. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. I guess I was waiting for a lot of this movie to find out that Chuck Norris's character was like the son of a very powerful politician in America. So like everyone got word of just like. All right, yo, here's the thing. <laughs> He's super connected. So just like, oh no, I got choked out. Yeah, right. Oh, you got me. You're such a good soldier. <laughs> <laughs> and then just wait for him to leave. He'll be gone soon enough. He'll get bored. Yeah, right. <laughs> He'll toddle off. John, what do you think the best kill in Missing in Action was? Ah, uh, James Hong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Takes that knife real quick. Real quick. I bet yeah. you like that about it. <laughs> Correct. Uh, first off, because it has beloved character actor James Hong. True. That mm-hmm. dude's rad as hell. It's the most dignified death of the movie, yeah. too, Correct. by virtue of being performed by James Hong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's just real quick. Qu- in any other movie, that would have been just like a footnote death. Right. You know, that would have been the like the mm-hmm. the uh, appetizer before the entree of right. destruction. He's. I mean, he is like for the most parts. Like well, I would say, like the second. Biggest name in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he dies 20 minutes in. Well, Correct. can't afford well, to pay him for the whole movie. <laughs> That's true. He's probably got to go be in something with lines and a plot. <laughs> uh, Mark, best kill in Missing in Action. I'm going to have to say it's the guy who gets the axe head punched into his chest. <laughs> sure. In any other action movie with any other action star, that would have been the coolest death ever. Right. We would have seen him hit the axe head. We would have seen the fucking axe head go into the chest, blood everywhere. This movie is remarkably bloodless. Yes, There's it is. There's not yeah. much blood. Is it even R? You know oh, what? There's so it's many butts. Probably for all the yeah, nudity. Yeah, yeah. It's it has R to be R for nudity. And, so many butts and boobs, And boobs, guys. but yeah, there's not no much cursing, language. No blood. And not much blood. Um, but yeah, I, I have to, by default, the axe head to the chest is the best, even though you barely see it. You know, is I think axe that, that look... chest the sequel to Bullet in the Head? <laughs> it should be, right? <laughs> I think that look of elation in that guy's eyes as he dies, he's like, you know what? This is my last day of shooting. I'm out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're assuming they shot it in sequence. That's very true, yeah. Uh, so that's going to take us to our next bullet point. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I don't even want to know. <laughs> War crimes. <laughs> War crimes. Whew. Uh, all right. Okay. We're, uh, we're all grown-ups. We're going to get through this. Okay. John, I want to tell you about some, about some war crimes and missing in action. Okay, all right. You know what? Because obviously Chuck Norris is a war crime. Definitely, sure. Definitely. As stop. is Chuck Norris's chest hair. Those are two crimes. One Double man. correct. Uh, I'm going to say, though, just to give Chuck Norris a little bit of a break, uh, the Vietnamese government covering up the POWs that they still had left sure. over from the Vietnam. Technically, conflict was never actually a war. Technically conflict. Yeah. Congress never voted. Right. So it's not a war. It was a police action that escalated into a conflict. Yeah. Oh. That's why we only sent Marines and Green Berets. Right. <laughs> Which set a great precedent for all the other conflicts we get into. Correct. But now we can just send the army. Yeah. Full stop. Uh, but yeah, the Vietnamese government uh, purposefully obfuscating the number of POWs that they have. Because A... That's a real shitty thing to do. The conflict is over. And B, to what end are you keeping these POWs? Yeah, what information were you going to get from those four guys? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Not only that, but like, if you're going to have them, you got to lie to inflate the numbers so that you have a bargaining chip for the things you want. That's the whole point of having POWs after peace is declared. Right. Also, let's point out that the way the movie is set up it wants you to think that there that all of the POWs were just those four, four guys. guys. Yeah, like that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrick, war crimes. Ooh, uh, man, that yeah. is a tough one. I'm gonna go with uh, hopping on 
a reputable retailer's gunboat and pointing it at him as a negotiation <laughs> tactic. That is unacceptable. I would never do that to Bob Roarman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, local reference. Yeah, right? Nice. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, Mark, war crimes. I gotta go check Norris. I have right. to say check Norris. His, yeah. his existence, A, he's, he's accused of being a war criminal <laughs> with yeah. a bounty on his head yeah. by the Vietnamese uh, 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 government. So yeah, he a war crime. Plus everything he does in the movie is a war crime. Uh, from the way he bore, he, the way he looks at strippers, from the way he rips that lady's shirt off and throws her into the bed, from the way he uh, uh, grooms his body to everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all Chuck war Norris crime. is war crime. Yeah, and I'm sure it's just as bad in Missing in Action Two, The Beginning, and Missing in Action Three, Braddock. Braddock. Uh, so let's. God, we should have just done favorite soda again. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to our next bullet point. The final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, is missing an action an action movie? (laughs) No. It is like uh, the, the Andy Warhol soup can of an action movie. Where it is put on display in the context of a work of action movie, but it isn't because it did not take a lot of skill and was only reproducing things that already existed. It just... So it's more of a commentary on action movies. But like an an empty, flaccid one that holds... there's, There's nothing to it. It's just... It's so boring. Yeah. And the action is... So lifeless. So terrible. You just described this whole podcast. Oh, no. (laughs) Patrick, (laughs) Patrick, Uh, uh, is Missing in Action an action movie? Definitely not. It has the structure of an action movie. You can see all the, like, tropes and plot points and things that are supposed to happen, but it's so poorly executed, there's never any stakes, and none of the action is ever interesting. None of it. The closest thing we get to an interesting action sequence are simply explosions. Mark, is Missing in Action an action movie? I'm going to say no. I think you guys are right. If the action, if the movie had just been bad, but the action had been well done, like a, like an early Van Damme movie. Yeah, or sure. like, a, like a Commando. Right. right. Which I, is actually what I was expecting from right. Chuck Right, I would have yeah. been, I would have been okay with that. And I've been like, yeah, definitely an action movie. But the action, again, it's so slow and plotting and, and poorly choreographed. Poorly, cho- poorly shot. Poorly shot. Yeah, the whole movie's just poorly done. I mean, it is a Canon Film Group's movie, so like we can't give it, you know, that many demerits. Like it didn't have a shot to begin with. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't think it's an action movie at all, uh, despite displaying action movie symptoms. This movie is like when the kid in the playground was telling you about the movie that he watched on TV last night. Yep. <laughs> right. And you're like, I, I just don't care. Can we please pretend that we're Power Rangers? But, you, right. but here's the thing. You watched the same movie. Yeah. And so it's super, it's doubly boring because he's getting yeah. everything wrong yeah. Yeah. and worse. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a mess. Uh, so, final reviews of Missing in Action. John. Is not good. Patrick. Five stars out of five. That movie was loaded with boobs I didn't see coming. <laughs> Mark is bad. That's going to do it for all of our reviews. Uh, And that's going to do it for this episode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And we'll see you next time. What's the fucking Cthulhu noise? What was that? I was trying to go for like an exploding noise, but it didn't work out. (laughs) That was horrifying. That's even worse. I'm haunting people's podcast devices. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Delta Force Bromley, John Hero in the Terror Rumi Taylor, and Mark Delta Force Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, I don't know, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a rating or review. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Body Countcast, or email us, which is the best, at Body counts and beer at gmail.com.